Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the December 2015 CTSS quiz. This is a very special quiz because it is a December edition, which means there's no more 2015 quizzes. I've done them all. But there is January 2016. So we will be back better than ever next year. So let's see how good you did on this very, very, very last quiz of the year. So we have 10 terrific cases. This case is interesting. What's the most likely diagnosis? I've given you two coronal views, one straight coronal, one coronal with volume rendering, and you see what is about a five centimeter solid mass coming off the greater curvature. There's some slight enhancement. There's no adenopathy. There's nothing else present. Could this be a gastric perforation? Well, then you would see mottled air. You would see a pneumoperitoneum, perhaps. Lymphoma infiltrates the wall, can be bulky, but not totally exophytic. And gastric adenocarcinoma tends to be infiltrative. This is all exophytic. The classic lesion that's exophytic in the stomach is a GIST tumor, gastrointestinal stromal tumor. They can be slightly vascular, they can ulcerate, but classic appearance of a, a GIST tumor as a extra appearing gastric mass. Very nice example. This case, what's the most likely diagnosis? Well, when you look quickly or even slowly, you see a large mass in the three centimeter range, posterior wall of the left atrium. You can see it in coronal view. Angiosarcomas are more invasive and irregular, and thrombus can have faint calcifications and typically is more linear. Metastasis to the heart from renal cell can occur, but they're vascular in nature. This is a solid mass against the wall and based on location, a very nice example of a left atrial myxoma. Excellent case. This patient had hematuria, so you're looking for a cause. You're saying, well, it's something in the kidneys, in the urine, or in the bladder. It was something that has nothing to do with the kidneys, the urine, the bladder. Is the patient on medication, drugs, whatever? But if you look at this case, what you notice is an approximate third of the right ureter is mildly dilated, and there's an area of irregularity. There's a classic beating present. This is not peristalsis. This is not infection. This is going to be a malignancy. And when you start looking, what is the best idea? is a urothelial tumor, a primary tumor. Yes, we can get meds to the ureter, and breast cancer does give you metastasis to the ureter, for example. So does renal cell occasionally. But in this case, this is classic for an infiltrating tumor, classic for transitional cell carcinoma. This is a great case. Right up a quadrant pain, what's the least likely diagnosis? Well, what you see is a mass in the liver that bled. If you asked me the most likely diagnosis, I would have said hepatic adenoma. I would have considered hepatoma as well. This patient actually had a neuroendocrine tumor, and this was metastatic, and this actually spontaneously bled. So primary tumors and metastatic tumors can bleed. Things that don't bleed typically are hemangiomas. Yes, I guess if you biopsied it, it could bleed, but spontaneous bleed you better be thinking away from hemangioma. You better be thinking about malignancies. You better be thinking about number one, hepatic adenoma. In this case, I asked you what's the least likely diagnosis. So what are we looking at in the left kidney? There's a solid mass, it's not very vascular. There may be a second mass present that's a bit smaller. Now, could this be metastatic lung cancer? I guess it could. Usually they're hypovascular, so it's possible. Could this be a complex renal cyst? I guess I couldn't argue against that. It's indeed possible. 
could this be a renal cell carcinoma that's hypovascular? Absolutely. What about B-cell lymphoma? Solid mass in the kidneys, yes, there's really no adenopathy of node present. There are a few small nodes, but a solid mass in the kidney, you gotta think about lymphoma. So at the end of the day, I gotta think lymphoma, I gotta think renal cell, I gotta throw in there metastatic, but yes, it could be a complex cyst, but that's gonna be probably the least likely diagnosis. I'm thinking malignancy all the way. This patient, uh, what is the best diagnosis for all of these liver lesions? Now, one thing you look at before the liver is the right colon. The patient has pneumatosis. That means the patient probably has ischemic bowel. When I say the word ischemia, you can think about multi-organ involvement. If the patient had a transplant or something like that. Well, when you look at the lesions, they're wedge-shaped. Could these be abscesses? Yes, but... Wedge-shaped, you've got to be thinking about infarcts. Infarcts can become abscesses sequentially. Could this be METS? Eh, it looks kind of flame-like. Fatty infiltration is a thought, but it looks more mass-like. And with the history, you've got to be thinking tumor. This was liver infarct. So again, something to think of. This is a great case. I always talk about incidental splenic lesions. What could they be? On the MIP imaging and the volume rendering, you have numerous vascular lesions in the spleen. The classic cause of vascular splenic lesion is going to be splenic hemangiomas. Yes, it could be hematomas, though usually they're not multiple. It could be metastatic renal cell. That can occur more common in the liver, and it can be multiple. And regenerating nodules, which again, this is what um, you're thinking about in terms of any type of process that's in a cirrhotic liver, but regenerating nodules are typically what we see in the liver, now we see in the spleen. So multiple small splenic vascular lesions, you gotta be thinking about hemangiomas. Just an excellent, excellent diagnosis in case. This patient has striated nephrogram, and when I see striated nephrograms, I'm always thinking about pyelonephritis. But if I look at the aorta, there's no contrast given, which means the contrast was given before, and I checked the charts, and it was a day and a half ago. This could be polynephritis. You have to check the urine culture. Renal vein thrombosis. I think in other images, the renal vein looked good. That was not a thought. Contrast-induced nephropathy is always something. You always can blame that. It can occur in patients who particularly are dehydrated, elevated creatinine and BUN. So it's a thought. It's a possibility, and you look carefully at the aorta, and you see the aorta is not enhancing. We didn't give any more contrast in this patient. So now we're taking a patient who basically has a non-contrast scan and has a striated nephrogram. Now, you can get delayed scans in a patient with a striated nephrogram, perhaps, but no contrast in the aorta or any of the vessels. This is going to be contrast-induced nephropathy. Maybe the patient got a head CT and wasn't hydrated. Something happened. So again, you gotta be thinking, look at the kidneys before you scan a patient. If the patient had contrast recently, it's typically not an issue, but it could potentially be an issue. And this would be a good example of such a case. This patient has shortness of breath and the best diagnosis. Well, let's look at the lesions first. Multiple lesions bilaterally, some are cavitated. Best filling in the lung bases. Could this be METS? The answer is yes. Could it be fungal pneumonia? It's yes. And could it be MAI infection? The answer is yes. So it could be a lot of things. But what you're looking at here is new onset of shortness of breath and 
what's going on. Well, when you look carefully at the lesions, they're cavitated and their peripheral location. Cavitation, I think of septic emboli. Uh, cavities can occur in head and neck tumors, for example, but there's a lot of lesions of a head and neck tumor. So I gotta be thinking about septic emboli, the cavitary lesions kind of fit perfectly. The patient did have a recent procedure. So this was a very nice example of septic emboli, really nicely seen. This is a great case. You look at the tail of the pancreas region, there's a mass present, it looks very vascular. You know, you gotta think about a neuroendocrine tumor. Then you look at it on venous phase and it washes out. What's going on here? Lesions do wash out, but this is indeed very impressive. Well, what happens here is this is not a tail of the pancreas tumor where the patient was sent to us. This was a tumor or a mass near the tail of the pancreas. If you look at the arterial and venous phase imaging, enhances identical to the spleen. This was an accessory spleen simulating a pancreatic mass. A very, very nice example and a very nice case. So with that, we've looked at 10 terrific cases. Hopefully you got them all right, and if you didn't get them right, hopefully you learned something. And since this is our last uh, quiz for the year, for the year 2015, I want to take this opportunity to wish everybody a terrific uh, holiday season, and Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you back here next month.